Welcome back to the Space Hour on Federal News Network. I'm Eric White. Could NASA be doing more to protect us from asteroids? Should it bring the space shuttle back? Questions like these are being asked by the folks at the concerned American aerospace engineers. While certainly budget care... While certainly budget concerns and changing political dynamics do play a role in these policy measures, there are some who think NASA needs a plan B. To find out what that could look like, I spoke to Don Nelson, who himself is a retired NASA engineer and currently the coordinator for the Concerned American Aerospace Engineers. I uh, have a long career at NASA and uh, I uh, joined them in 1963 and I was fortunate enough to work all the fun programs, Jim and I, uh, Apollo, uh, uh, and I worked the Apollo Soyuz programs, and I worked the uh, the space shuttle up until oh, about eleven years before I retired in uh, 1999. And that last eleven years, I spent working on um, advanced launch systems on what we could uh, uh, should be using in the future. And we did hundreds of studies of different configurations and things, trying to come up with. Uh, a uh, launch system uh, for our future activities. And then I retired in uh, 1999, about 33 years of, 36 years of service at, at NASA. And so you're now with this with this new group or you uh, I get, you are the founding member of it, are you not? Yeah, let, uh, let me explain a little bit about that, how, how that, what that is as concerned engineers. Okay. I was at a, a Constellation meeting uh, at at uh, all hands meeting at uh, NASA some years back, and it was uh, they were briefing us on what the Constellation program was uh, going to be. And after they finished the briefing, I got I got up and pretty much uh, trashed their Constellation program <laughs> that it wouldn't work, and sure enough, it got canceled later on. But after the meeting, a couple of uh, engineers came up to me, and uh, they were very concerned about the Orion. Uh, um, spacecraft they were working on, they had pulled a lot of safety features out of it because the Orion was overweight and they pulled these safety features out because uh, of the weight problem. And they were afraid that they had pulled out things that they shouldn't have. And they didn't have any way to make their their uh, concerns known. Uh, uh, you know, they, had to, they couldn't have not be team players and go through the official channels. And so I, I started uh, taking concerns of engineers and things forward uh, uh, to uh, the aerospace advisory panels and and senior management and Congress. And so as a result, I become like a an avenue for engineers to contact me and uh, I'd go forward with their concerns to other places and kind of keep them out of the loop. And so what are many of your, you know, if you could sum up, I guess, some of your main concerns, you mentioned that there are some safety features that you're, that are, you are seeing taking out and um, no real way of voicing um, issues that the scientists who are working on projects can see. What, what did you have in mind when this whole thing got started? Actually, uh, I worked on the space shuttle and I didn't think that we should have uh, decommissioned the space shuttle. Mm. Um, I thought that the, the studies that they did for the Constellation program going forward with it, saying how safe it was going to be, uh, they had the, the, they had this uh, saying it was going to be uh, affordable, sustainable, and safer than the space shuttle, and that was put for the Constellation, and they used that same uh, 
theme as they went into the space launch system. And none of those things are, are true. A study that the FAA did when they got into to the uh, space business, they came up with this chart of uh, activities of uh, space launches and, and their results. And if you look at that chart, uh, in initial times around uh, 1980s to, uh, say, 1977, uh, there, the, the failures and things were, were really uh, on a learning curve of how to, how to uh, build and, and successfully fly expendable launch vehicles. So this chart is for expendable launch vehicles only. I should have said that. If you look out towards the end of the chart, uh, the green line there is failed launches. It's running right at around 5%. Uh, and even in the 2000s, and if you try to have been carried on out, say, even to now, the 2020, that 5% is still about right, that 5% of the expendable launches we lose because of manufacturing errors. And so there's, you can never get below that, too far below that 5% number with these expendable launch vehicles because you've got a built-in inherent problem, manufacturing errors. Um, and that's the reason we need to get away from the expendable launch vehicle and go to a reusable launch system to get to make it not only safer, but also more affordable. So you're saying we should go back to the space shuttle, but this time maybe funded a little bit differently. And not only funded it differently, uh, there are things we could, could do with the space shuttle to make it better. But let, before we get away from and talk, start from about the space shuttle, let's go back and look at the uh, space launch system and the Orion. And I, I really think we ought to cancel that program before we kill somebody in it because of this uh, 5% error that we've got of uh, uncertainty in uh, expendable launch vehicles. And I went back and looked at Apollo and uh, the expendable flight vehicles for the crew Apollo program had a, had a one in 12 failure record and, and had the Apollo uh, 13 rescue fail would have been one in six, all caused by manufacturing errors. So there's just, you know, the space launch system will face the same thing. So the safety of, of something that big and that complicated is the probability of failure is just way uh, too high to, to have a manned program. We need to back away from that and start using uh, reusable launch systems. What are some of the reasons for um, the manufacturing troubles? Uh, is it just supply chain issues or is something else going on? Uh, it's a lot of things. It's, it may, you know, human errors, whenever you get up some morning and go to work, uh, maybe you had a bad day, your coffee wasn't good or something like that. You're on the assembly line of of uh, making this part and it, uh, you don't do all the checks on it or it could be even even going down to the launch day whenever you're you're going through the, the launch ch checks down check out and things and you don't catch it because of uh, human error so it's more mainly human error is it, the launch problem uh, let me tell you one more thing that i found really interesting when we cancel the apollo program i was really upset about that we had three completely ready launch vehicles that we could have used to uh, fly um, lunar missions. Uh, we used one of them to do the, uh, the, the Skylab with uh, later on. But when I expressed my uh, concerns to some of my senior management, there were a number of my senior management who said they were really glad we canceled the Apollo program 
because they were afraid we were going to leave somebody in orbit or on the moon and what the consequences of that would be to the space program. Because we were really, really fortunate in that we didn't do that in the Apollo program. And so what is the alternative that if in a perfect world you would have set up for NASA in the coming years? I think that the SpaceX Starship is uh, is on the right track and it, where it's a completely reusable uh, launch system. Uh, there are a lot of problems with that in that uh, whenever they uh, SpaceX built the uh, Falcon launcher, they were um, coming in off of using basically proven technology. But they're out there now uh, in a different ball game altogether where they're where their Rapture engine is not proven technology and they're having problems with it, uh, getting it ready and getting able to, to manufacture enough of those engines to even do their first flight. So uh, that's that's a, a big uncertainty whether or not the uh, uh, SpaceX is going to, Starship is going to be able to do a um, the, the missions that it's lined up to do. So that's that, that's that problem. But the other thing is uh, there's the the space shuttle. I think we backed away from it too too quickly. It it has a lot more potential capability than than the uh, the Starliner does. And so yeah, what about the the a commercial space shuttle? Do you like getting back to that? Um, what is the what is it about the setup and manufacturing part of it that you think is beneficial? Right off the bat, uh, this what we can do with that vehicle. We could put uh, passenger escape pods on it, and that's another thing that one of the concerned engineers I learned from after we decommissioned the, the space shuttle. While I was working on the program, we took we tried a number of try, times trying to put uh, crew escape systems on on the uh, vehicle, and we couldn't do it because aerodynamically it moved the weight too far forward. And the, the uh, static margin aerodynamically entered it became unstable because it was nose heavy. And mm-hmm. so what um, one of the engineers that was at Rockwell at that time told me that they had done a study where they kept, went in and they took all the flight uh, uh, control systems out and made it a completely automated vehicle. They pulled enough weight out of that thing, over 2,000 pounds out of the front. In those two, in that two thousand pounds, we could put in at least four escape pods for crew. And those escape pods would work not only during the ascent but also during the entry, and they could serve as a safe haven if we, uh, if the orbiter got stuck on orbit until we could get another orbiter up there and, and rescue it. So we have a, a way, and had a way that we could have used to make that vehicle safe, but for some reason. Rockwell's management or JSC's upper management stopped it, and I never heard about it until after the program was over. I did go back and verify uh, that that weight could be taken out, and we could do it auto, uh, do automatic systems by by contacting some Rockwell engineers, and they verified that we could have put a crew escape system in the, in the space shuttle. So what were you told when you were, you know, trying to figure out why the space shuttle program was uh, shut down when what you say is prematurely? Yeah, uh, they, the main factor was it was unsafe for, for crew crew, and there was no way to, to make it safer, which, as I just pointed out, was not the case. In the meantime, uh, the engineers that I've been talking to, 
about what we could have done with do with the space shuttle to make it reusable and uh, and reduce reduce the cost a lot is like uh, automated uh, flight flight systems. You encapsulate the payloads where the payloads you just they're all ready to go. You could just go up, put them in the payload bay, and, and launch them. Uh, you go in, and uh, the main thing for weight-wise, it, we could uh, start using composites, not only in the arbor, but in the external tank. And we take out a tremendous amount of weight, weight uh, out of uh, the arbiter and uh, uh, make it uh, to where we don't have to use quite as as, as much propellant to get it, get it into orbit. In fact, uh, we might be able to eliminate the, uh, the main engines of it, the, uh, of the system, those three main engines. So there's just looking at, you know, things like long life batteries, taking the fuel cells out of it, uh, going to uh, on orbit repairable thermal protection systems. And one of the, another major thing is um, make all the subsystems uh, modular. Uh, that's the way in an airliners that we have today. If, if uh, say uh, a Delta thirty-seven pulls into a uh, a uh, airport and there's something going on, they can go in and just pull a module out and put it back in and have it back in service within fifteen minutes or so. And that's the way we need to do for our our launch vehicles in the future. Make a modular, and so we can get the turnaround between. Uh, launches down to a couple of days rather than the shuttle was like about three three or four months. It was way too long. So, so the, I'm just trying to point out it is that we, we really never really investigated and looked at what we could do to get the, the, the cost down and, t- and the turnaround and operate it as a commercial launch vehicle. Taking NASA out of the launch business is an absolute must. In a space launch system, we got NASA in the launch system. And as a result, the results, the uh, launch costs have just gotten that way out of hand. You're looking at something like the first three or four flights, $4 billion a launch for the uh, space launch system uh, and the Orion. That's just totally unacceptable. Wrapping up here, um, there is another concern that you um, think that NASA isn't quite on the ball about, and it's the near-Earth asteroid discoveries. What can you tell me about that? Oh, yeah, yeah, we've got an in- increase of activity of near-Earth uh, miss- fly-by misses is, is getting uh, extremely uh, concerning. Uh, and I'm saying that this is really should be NASA's number one priority and uh, that we should be uh, looking at ways to uh, put up a uh, planetary uh, defense system. Uh, and uh, you need a vehicle that can turn around rapidly once you do discover that you have a threat, you need to be able to analyze that threat within days and a week because you're not going to have much, you may not have much time to, to uh, answer that threat. Uh, you know, we had one go, a, a meteor uh, come into Russia here not too long ago, and uh, then there was a 1900 uh, one that went in, also into Russia, did tremendous amount of damage. But this increase in asteroid comets is a warning sign that we're not paying any much uh, too, too much attention to. In fact, NASA completely ignored it until the uh, NASA Inspector General's office uh, absolutely insisted that they form a, a planetary defense office and start looking at it. Otherwise, they would NASA wouldn't even be looking at it today. 
Yeah, NASA did just launch a mission to deflect an asteroid to, you know, kind of test out how that route would go if, you know, need be. But you still say that even with this recent mission that more needs to be done? Well, that's the DART mission um, mm-hmm. that, that they just launched out. And really, the mission they should have launched was one that's been on the books uh, for uh, 10 years or more. And that's the Sentinel and the Sentinel mission is, was going to put up a satellite that looked for these uh, potential asteroid comets that uh, could impact the Earth as an early warning system. We don't have an early warning system. And these things sneak up on you overnight. Uh, if you go back and look over our history of uh, lately, of, of once we've discovered, they've been discovered within weeks of the time that, uh, that they were going, or even sometimes days, when they were going to uh, zoom by Earth. And then one of these days, one of them's not going to zoom by. It's going to be on a key trajectory and get us if we don't get on the stick and start uh, p- putting up uh, uh, satellites like the Sentinel to identify the threat. And then once you identify it, you've got to uh, identify what the composition of the asteroid comet. The, there's a possibility if we went with a dark type a mission to try to deflect the uh, asteroid comet that we could break it up into little pieces it would create more problems than it was uh, initially when it was um, d- identified as a particular impactor so you've got to know the composition of these asteroid comets to uh, uh, know how to deflect them or what your uh, particular uh, procedure would be to uh, keep it from impacting on Earth. One of one of the things, uh, well, actually two things. Let me say this about the Orion uh, spacecraft. They can only bring back uh, uh, right at a hundred pounds of payload. And, you know, you're, we're spending four million dollars to to go up and bring it back a hundred pounds of, of payload on that thing. You, so you're not going to get much back off of these missions. And uh, also the the landing weight of that thing, if it lands in the ocean at a particular a- angle in high seas, you could uh, seriously uh, uh, hurt the crew. Uh, the other thing I want to point out is that the uh, commercial space shuttle, the way that NASA uh, should bid that uh, do that uh, project is to do it like we did the uh, uh, X-33 Venture Star program and where you they were writing a contract to have a contractor build uh, the reusable vehicle and operate it if they wanted to, or they could even contract it out to another operator. And that gets NASA out of the business of uh, trying to develop uh, vehicles and things and, and fly them and, and operate them. And uh, we could we could put the RFP out on for build. It's like like the. Uh, some companies do now. They put an RF uh, request for a, a bid, then they want a complete project uh, to uh, uh, turnkey ready to go. So you could do something like that rather than uh, the way we're we're trying to operate the uh, the space launch system. And NASA does everything. Uh, is, is uh, operators and stuff. Don Nelson is a retired NASA engineer and coordinator for the Concerned American Aerospace Engineers. For our final interview today, we'll take a look at the potential problem of low Earth orbit being too congested to use anymore. I'm Eric White.